across America and around the world. This is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. Welcome to Veterans Radio. I am Jim Fawson. I'm the officer of the deck today. We've got some great programs for you. I think you'll find very interesting. We always want to remind you, you can find more about Veterans Radio at its Facebook site or at the web. VeteransRadio.org is our new URL, VeteransRadio.org. Where we're on the web 24-7, you can find a lot of our podcasts there as well. We post new ones every Tuesday, so you can get a new story, a new interview, something you didn't know before by going to veteransradio.org. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors. First up, we want to thank National Veteran Business Development Council, nvbdc.org. It was established to certify both service-disabled and veteran-owned businesses. You'll find out how they can help your business by going to nvbdc.org. We want to thank Legal Help for Veterans. Legal Help for Veterans fights for veterans' disability rights all across the nation. You can reach them at 800-693-4800 or on the web at LegalHelpForVeterans.com. We want to welcome to Veterans Radio today Commander Bruce A. Wright, retired of the United States Navy, who's going to talk about chronic lymphatic leukemia, one of those gifts from Agent Orange that just keeps giving. Commander, welcome to Veterans Radio. Hi, I'm glad to be with you today. Well, it's good to have you on. How did a nice kid from Syracuse, New York, <laughs> f- found his way to the Naval Academy in uh, Annapolis in 1963 upon graduation? Uncle Sam said, now that I got you, you're going to go over to Vietnam for us. And uh, your first duty assignment was as a gunnery and fire control division officer on the USS Turner. Turner Joy, I guess. Um, and... Uh, you did that. Uh, I, I'm surprised you can even hear me anymore. Well, I have hearing aids to help that today. <laughs> Anybody in gunnery's got to have the hearing aids by this point. But, <laughs> you but as, as you got into this, you sort of said, you know, I always really wanted to fly. And uh, you went into the Naval Aviation Training Pipeline, became a Naval Flight Officer, um, you flew uh, F-4J Phantom Twos, uh, and by the time you retired, after 20-plus years, you had over 2,400 flight hours and 220 combat missions and 400, uh, o- over 400 carrier landings. Boy, you got to do it all, didn't you? Yeah, and there's one thing I think I forgot to include. I also am a Top Gun graduate. Well, you certainly got to get that in, in in light of the movies that uh, have become so popular before uh, Top Gun flying was considered a thing, right? That's right. But I can tell you all the hidden secrets of the Top Gun 1 and 2. I want to welcome back to Veterans Radio Commander Bruce Wright, retired out of the Navy. We've talked to him uh, about uh, the CLL Society, where he's a patient uh, advisor and educator. But he's got a couple of interesting other life lessons, I think, to pass along. Um, and one of them, uh, Bruce, starts with, 
you know, when you were uh, in, in a small high school up in uh, in the Syracuse, New York area, it, you know, you, you wanted to go to the Naval Academy, but it wasn't a straight shot, was it? No, it wasn't. I was a small school. I had 38 members of my graduating class, and the big thing to me was playing football and wrestling. <laughs> so, <laughs> so much for the academics. I, <laughs> I graduated. Uh, I ended up getting a working scholarship to what's called a honor military uh, school run by a retired brigadier general army and they had a junior ROTC outfit there they went through a GI inspection each year and they had an active duty major running the military part of the of the organization and through that honor military school uh, pipeline I made an application to go to the Naval Academy as well as with my congressman and my congressman, I ended up being first alternate, but I ended up getting the our military appointment, and uh, they selected 10 out of uh, 40 uh, competitors, and I ended up being number two. Well, let's and step back, because so, you, you got out of a small high school. Was the military something you wanted to go into? Um, was there family kind of uh, history you were following? What What was the motivation to say, Essentially, I'm taking grade 13. I'm going to to honor military school and uh, kind of maybe focus more on my academics this time around. No, 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 it's a very good question. Uh, my family was not of means at the time. And if I was going to go on to further education, <clears throat> I needed to find some way to help pay for that education. And I learned that there were things like ROTC uh pathways to get to be appointed through that or apply for appointing uh, joining one of the three military academies and so i chose the navy uh, we had no one in my previous generation's family that participated in the military but all of my cousins my mom was one of three sisters and Five out of the six of us cousins all went in the military. It was a thing to do in the '60s. Well, and one of the one of the lessons here is, hey, I you know you were driven. I, I know I need more education, and I don't have the means to get there. What are my other options? And you were willing to explore ROTC or or a military academy, and and, and those pathways are available today to people. You just have to be exposed to them. And you might have to do some more work. You might have to go spend some time uh, getting your academics in order, uh, as you did in at the Honor Military School. So I, I think there's a lesson there that ripples through all the way to today, that if you really have that desire, there is a way, isn't there? Yes, there is. And the, the, the cross the T and dot the I, that scholarship I got to go to that one extra year was a working scholarship. And what did I have to do to get the working scholarship? I had to clean the heads in the toilets <laughs> in the gymnasium every day. It's a humbling experience sometimes to uh, get where you need to go, isn't it? Yes, sir. One, one other thing that I wanted to make sure we, we got a chance to talk about, because, again, I think in everybody's life there's certain pearls uh, of wisdom that can be passed on to others. And in reading your story, it, it really rang for me a little bit about you know, you served uh, 20 plus years. Um, you retired out as a commander in the Navy, which uh, 
for our army guys that's a big deal um and nevertheless uh the va system the healthcare system uh, uh, and the disability system wasn't particularly uh welcoming to you and th- and that was quite a journey as well talk to us a little bit about that yes sir when i made application for disability it took me three years to get it to get my disability no veteran should have to take three years to get a disability rating for serving for their country and i made a vow at that time that i would work and pay it forward to anyone that had and needed help getting through the va system the vba and the vha portions they break down the two benefits and then health and my fee is very simple i charge you with nothing more than having you contact me when you have received your disability assignment and check so that we can celebrate together in other words i pay it for it it doesn't cost a cent and let's just celebrate the fact that it didn't take you three years i've had it down to where the vet got his recognition in three months and that's amazing and that was a guy who was stationed in the dmz in korea as a artillery commander and he in the dmz at the time he was stationed there they used agent orange absolutely yep and he came down with lpl a niche form of lymphoma and and he's alive today and he has 100 percent rating because of it and one of the one of the lessons that you went through and are, are probably telling the guys who you're helping you just can't give up can you no sir don't give up just keep going at it when they turn you down file uh, a protest and say I want to give you additional information or I want to meet with someone or I want further testing done and bring forward more information go out and see it I've had one guy a classmate of mine who had a very niche problem a dish due to uh, his uh, connective tissue having problems and he had uh, diabetes mellitus and he had a three inch thick folder that he took into the doubting doctor at the VA facility in San Diego who said I, I see no connectivity here and I'm inclined not to approve your request and he submitted it along with a private doctor's opinion that this was a cause and effect and the VA doctor I admire him turned around and said I have learned something from you today veteran and I'm going to now, from now on, approve when someone comes through with that request because you have proven to me that it really does exist. Thank you. And, and I think it becomes uh, very frustrating. So many of the, you know, um, population-wise, most of our military veterans are, are were enlisted and maybe didn't get uh, as, as much education as, as you did or, or others uh, in the officer rank did. So it can begin. It can get really frustrating and complicated, trying to understand what it is the VA raider or the VA doctor doesn't understand. And I think I read somewhere because this is a this is a common problem. We we see it with the veterans we represent. They even get to the point where they go, "Well, you're just lying. You're making this stuff up." And and that's not only insulting; it's really frustrating. And I think you went through that uh, process. But- 
Yes, the, the typical veteran response, mine included, is to turn on the yell and say, screw you and walk away because the PTSD kicks in and you can't let it control you. You need to control it and don't give up the fight. I had them tell me they have a, a very unique language. And I said, I pointed out where they made a mistake in their math. And I used a number two pencil and lined paper and put it out by month and submitted it and said, you made a mistake. And they said, okay. Thank you for pointing out a mistake. It was a grievous error. We have corrected that. You will get the additional recognition, and this closes the subject and won't be addressed again. And then they wrote, and I found another error, and I said, it's not closed. We're not done. Here's the next input. And that was the second input, and I got the same response. Well, this closes it. And I said, no, I found another one. And the veteran service officer, I was using who happened to work in the inside the VA before she became a VSO took it up to the supervisor and said the veteran has found the third mistake that your group has perpetrated upon him and here's his proof and the supervisor looked at it got out of stamp and said approved don't I'm not even going to give it to the people go back and tell the vet he's got it yeah you really have to be dogged you have to you have to do it in a way that is convincing and that's not uh, so argumentative they they say you you know you're a liar or or you you've you're cheating the system or something like that and and along the way one of the things that you had to struggle with is because of your exposure to agent orange uh, you had another presumptive disease prostate cancer um, tell us a little bit about going through that process with the VA, both on the benefit side and on the healthcare side. It's interesting. Let me give you a little bit of anecdotal. There were three of us that lived together at the academy for four years. All three of us went to Vietnam. All three of us got prostate cancer. It's a hundred percent for real. <laughs> that's why it's that's why it's so presumptive. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so. Um, when I got my first disability assessment and recognition, I was 240% disabled, two 100% disabilities, uh, one being prostate cancer. But prostate cancer, you only keep the 100% if you don't treat it because it will just continue to do its thing. I chose the latter and had it treated what's called brachytherapy, which is with the uh, radiation-doped uh, uh, seed uh, implants. And once you had that done and they, they come back and check you three years later and say, how you doing? And you don't have the, the symptoms anymore. And then they say, oh, you're no longer 100%. You're cut back to 20%. So I went down 80% in disability assessment. But then they gave me special monthly compensation because I couldn't have children. I'm in my 60s. Do you think I care? Right. right. <laughs> Thank God I can't. Right. It, it, it is a it, the whole process is uh, a, a little counterintuitive because VA math uh, doesn't add up quite to 240 percent. Right. It, and tops out at yeah. 100, and they even that math is very funny in its calculation. But it but it highlights the the uh, point that. You, you need to get all of your disabilities rated because yes. things change. And, and certainly uh, we see this now. Prostate cancer is a good example because it, if you don't treat it, and everybody has to, should treat it, otherwise it's going to kill you, um, you know, the rating drops. But that's true with bad knees when you go get a knee replacement. And I think, 
you know, uh, some veterans get frustrated that the number changes and their payment may lower. But again, get everything rated is probably the experience that you've you've had and um, told folks about. Yes, the, the, there's one thing that the, the VA will tell you. Well, there's no more than 100% disability. Well, it, 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 yeah, they have unique math. And for those who have anything, everything is less than 100%. That's its own unique calculation. And then you have to get the 95% and they'll round up to 100%. But if you have a foundational 100% permanent disability, which is what CLL gives you, then they take all the remaining disabilities that you have received disability assessment and assignment for and they add them up mathematically and if they total more than 60% above the 100% foundational disability you get special monthly compensation so just to give you me as an example I have the 100% for the CLL that's the foundation I have 30% for PTSD 10% for tinnitus 20% for residual prostate cancer effects, 20% for pilot's neck. Those total up to be 80% above the 100. And for that, I get SMC, special monthly compensation. I'm a veteran married. And that gives you a disability payment above and beyond the 100% uh, yes, pay, payment and that that's the the, the point uh, that the commander is making about the special monthly compensation it's above and beyond well it's, this it's a, it's approximately 450 to 550 dollars more per month and again uh, Bruce we appreciate the extra time that you've given us here on veterans radio to talk about some of these other things uh, there, as I say, there are a couple of you know good life lessons in there that you know, such as if you want to get to get a better education, there is a way to do it. Uh, stay on the stay on the path; it won't be easy. You may even have to clean heads to get that uh, additional education, but it's worth it in the long run. And similarly, you got to be a little tenacious and stay with it and advocate for yourself through the VA system, just like you have to do when you have a chronic disease. So. Um, those are life lessons you certainly have uh, had, and I'm glad that you took a, some time today to, to express those to our veteran radio listeners. But let me leave you with this thought. We can cram a lot into a short period of time, but not get it all. So I always leave people with the following. You cannot email me too much, text me too much, or call me too much. If you got a question, get in touch with me. I'll be happy to talk with you. And that includes you. Jim, well, just as much. <laughs> something will come appreciate up, it. and you know how to get in touch with me. Folks, we'll end our uh, conversation with uh, Commander Bruce Wright, uh, a real veteran advocate and CLL advocate. Bruce, thanks for taking the time today. Thank you for sharing. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Veterans Radio today. I am Jim Fossone. It's been a pleasure to be your host. I'm a veterans disability lawyer at Legal Help for Veterans, and you can reach us at 800-693-4800 or LegalHelpForVeterans.com on the web. You can follow Veterans Radio on Facebook and listen to its podcasts and Internet radio shows by visiting us at VeteransRadio.org. That's VeteransRadio.org. And until next time, you are dismissed. 
Do you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals? Contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. We again want to thank our national sponsors, the National Veterans Business Development Council, NVBDC.org, VA Ann Arbor Health Care System, the Vietnam Veterans of America, Charles S. Kettles Chapter, Ann Arbor, Michigan. VFW Graf O'Hara Post 423 in Ann Arbor. And the American Legion Press Corn Post 46, also in Ann Arbor. We appreciate all your support. You can go to veteransradio.net, click on the sponsor level, and continue to support keeping Veterans Radio on the air. And until next time... You are dismissed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.